0: Welcome to Nerd, a podcast where we geek out on a different nerdy subject every month. It's one part reminiscence, one part historical deep dive, all nerd. This month's topic, Mega Man 2. In the year 2000X, Dr. Light created sentient robots to help humanity. But his former assistant, Dr. Wily, reprogrammed them for evil. Dr. Light's brave helper robot, Mega Man, agreed to be repurposed as a fighting robot and defeated Dr. Wily. In 2000X, Dr. Wily has returned. This time with eight of his own robot creations, Mega Man has once again agreed to return and keep Dr. Wily from taking over the world. In 2022, two nerds decided to discuss the game's origin, super fascinating code behind it, and a little bit more about the story. Let's get equipped with Weapon Nerd and start the show. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, This welcome to a new
1: episode of Nerd with dre and jeff i'm jeff i'm the second part of that
0: that would mean you are (laughs) how's it going jeff normally you've actually done the full intro so put me on the spot here but i'm dre alvarez found most places as nerd numbers that's right so you gotta mix it up sometimes
1: uh we are we are doing uh, this is part three of our uh no fan favorite uh show podcast that we are doing nerd and uh we are doing a deep dive into all things nerdy usually so far that we grew up with and generally that we played on nintendo and this is no break on this we are uh we are going to be doing a deep dive today on mega
0: man 2 uh we are nailed the sequels so far oh uh, yeah it's, it's funny i mean technically i guess punch out would have been the third in a trilogy but really punch out one and punch out two in the arcade were kind of the same game one was kind of the skin of the other we of course started with Zelda Two, Mega Man Two. I'd kind of call this the end of season one, if you want to call that. Of nerd, we'll we'll end out the Nintendo, and we'll discuss where we go next. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about that. I'm very excited to see what happens
1: at this situation, uh, and I'm I'm very I'm I'm looking forward to it. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I love I love learning about this. Mega Man is an interesting story to me. It's it's actually a game that I I never really owned. I never really owned uh, Mega Man games until I traded for a few of the later ones. Um, I, we just always rented them.
0: I mean, it that's, that's strictly speaking, not a problem. Uh, what we may talk speedrunning in the future of this show, depending on how much we go down that rabbit hole. But, um, but you know, the games take about an hour, hour and a half. If you know what you're doing, I could see being able to beat this in one or two rentals, Uh, interestingly enough, if we talk the first three games and that's pretty much what we're going to be doing, you know, Mega Man two, but that that's really going to bleed a lot into Mega Man one and Mega Man three, Mm -hmm. they really were incomplete games, which is kind of funny. So I, I could definitely buy four is really kind of the first complete polished one. And I just got done with six, six is like perfect, but it, you know, it took them five tries to get there. And that's also amusing. This really does bookend off of last show, which was punch out in that you said punch out is this phenomenally successful game amazingly well produced you know it has the higher ups of nintendo it's thought out they partner with mike tyson i forget the boxer that they had at the arcade rollout but another big name boxer everything perfect and it it culminates in success you know sells three million copies and then they're like and we're done. Like why, And we're they're, out. They're like, they'll, we'll reskin the arcade game on the Super Nintendo, and someone will take it up as a fun project for the Wii. But as a franchise, they just ditched it. Mega Man was released, Mega Man 1, uh, and they were hoping it would be a success. It did decently well in Japan, from what I've read up on. It gets to North America. We're going to talk a ton on this, I'm sure, Jeff. Gets to North America and bombs and they're like we are out and the team befo- behind it was like we want to keep going and so not only do they keep going they release six on the original nes which yeah. is that's unheard of like it's that, the little that charge man that could exactly exactly the little so it, yeah, but it is also good you see yeah i got it you see you it got was it. good it wasn't like Charge a, man is I mean, training, not, not not to be mean but, a but like, that, that was that was good but I didn't think it was like a show. A little charge
1: just... man that could, you see, because it's like yeah. a little engine that could, and charge man is a train.
0: Yeah, it worked. Okay. But I'm but I'm saying it was it was a good reference. I didn't. I, no, yeah, you, you wanted, wanted to I really Didn't really So I do the editing on the shows. Do you want me to add like uh, you know the canned laughter? You know, uh, I think it would be Sport, sports night. This up, just add laughter after everything. Yeah, yeah. Thing?
1: No, absolutely. There needs to be. We. I mean, well, people don't know. We do record this in front of a live studio audience. It's just none of them find this interesting or funny
0: i wish i was a better editor i I, i'm damn i'm debating if i'm gonna add that in now on post anyway like one not not the whole show it's fun one joke so like i could add that in and then cut this part out i'm giving future me work i don't know what i'm doing and we're not talking about i like it because i don't have to do any of that work (laughs) all right Um, but but yeah so you
1: you were saying it's it's like it's this thing that kind of flopped in america it's it's one of those games. It ha- it brought with it very Japanese anime energy. It's it's clearly an Astro Boy uh, analogy. Yeah, they, they, they say
0: that explicitly. Yeah, the... yeah.
1: Um, and it's like yeah, like like old man makes robot warrior boy, <laughs> and like they pushed it through, and and they were right to be like, well, look, look, we know that America wants it. Just you need to let us push through it. And since then, we've seen you know, the Mega Man franchise has been this omnipresent franchise in not just gaming, but
0: um the toys and the cartoon. Did you watch the cartoon when you were younger? I didn't. I, I mean, we we talked Captain N. And actually, I want to throw back here a little bit. So we talked Captain N, which Mega Man is on. Uh, the toy galaxy on that is fantastic. I put it in the show notes for last week's show. Definitely watch it. You were spot on. But the color scheme of Mega Man in that show was different green, right? But the reason Mega Man is blue on the Nintendo, and this is an amazing amount of foresight. I'm probably going to butcher the name, uh, but Kiji Inafune who is both the kind of the original designer of Mega Man one and the big name that kept carrying it through the one that thought it had potential and kept going. He looked at this, the Nintendo, not Super Nintendo. he, Mm -hmm. He looked at the Nintendo color scheme and noticed that of the different colors, There were the most different shades of blue and so he said as a designer if i want to design a character and you know add little features and extra i want the color with the most shades because then it can look different right it's not different colors mario i've heard uh maybe apocryphally has a mustache just because he's a little block and they want to be able to show the face and that was the fewest number of pixels to easily show a face Mm -hmm. because you can't really draw you know a a smiley face a mouth but you can draw a mustache to show distinction so it was a a lot of foresight to say i'm going to use blue as my character's main color because then i can highly detail them the Mega Man sprites are beautiful and so but when you go to a a a larger color palette an animated show they're like we're not constrained by blue that's why they can make them you know multicolored visor etc
1: and yet so we had captain n in what 1991 uh is that when it came out or 19- 19 sounds, mm-hmm. sounds right yeah and then in 1994 uh to 1996 we had uh, a mega man tv series a cartoon and it was very fun i liked it a lot it was very american anime style uh and it was it it lasted uh, what two seasons i think and i remember it was like like a sunday morning you know one of those cartoons where it was it wasn't mainstream it was definitely a syndicated cartoon but it was just, I really liked it as a kid. You know, I was what, I was uh, right about to be 13. So I was like 13, 14 years old when it came out and a little nerd, that was all, that's all I needed.
0: We were talking Nintendo last show, and just in general, this falls underneath it, mm-hmm. where the idea of being a video game was a bad word, thanks to Atari at this point. Mm-hmm. And so you talked about how Mega Man looks very anime-ish, Astro Boy. And one of the most notorious parts of this game is both on Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2, the box art is, I'll say, unforgivable on 1. On 2, it's fine. On Mega Man 2, I would say it's a cool box art, but it's not the game.
1: It's a its a generic misunderstanding of the character, uh, I would say, we're in, for 2, because he's still got the pistol in his hand, and and it, and it's just very generic, not particularly strong if
0: you're trying to advertise a game that could make you a hundred million dollars because if you look at the box art that's in Japan for both one and for all of the game one (laughs) through six is gorgeous beautiful I would pick that up off the shelf at this point to at least take a look at it wouldn't buy it don't have time but would do that you look at the transitions Mega Man one the story behind that box transition is the guy was given six hours very little information and essentially told kind of some brief overviews. So again, same thing. Six hours? Point, that's the, at least on the Wikipedia and the um, Gaming Historian, a big shout out to the Gaming Historian, one of the ones that I always go to for, for research yeah. on this. But on that, they, they both mentioned that, that essentially Mega Man's going to come over. Mega Man's originally Rockman. I'll talk a little bit more about that because I think it's awesome. So Mega Man's going to come over. They're like, okay, well, what do we got to do to bring this to the American audience? One of the things they do is they go, well, we can't call him Rockman. What does that mean? Mega Man instead. And this is one of those where you read the interviews and the person says, Rockman was a stupid idea. I said Mega Man, and they liked it. And I'm like, that wasn't a good. There, there was. I, I refuse to believe that had we brought over Mega Man as Rockman, that we wouldn't still have Rockman. I'm not gonna later. lie,
1: Mega you Man. Like... The other part though is that Me- Mega Man has alliteration yeah it's very catchy you know like american mouthfeel and japanese mouthfeel are going to be different for obvious reasons so you know if you have something that in the american version of of how you would say it has that alliteration i think it's going to pop a little bit more i don't think they're wrong about that okay so we'll give them that but they also went... i'm not i'm also not like i'm not i'm not the person who's laying down like the law of that. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just th- saying that I know you have the theory that it would probably would have been fine and I'm like it might not have.
0: Yeah. But it's 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 true and I mean that by the way is very comic booky. I know that was a Stanley thing. He really oh, liked alliteration. Yes, of course but I
1: invented Mega Man myself in 1985. I was just me.
0: I was uh, programming Mega Man for Marvel Entertainment. Okay, we're gonna go down this just briefly. Sorry. Obviously, in later interviews, Stanley is is very complimentary of Steve Ditko. Am I getting the name right? Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So cool. You're gonna answer my question here, but that was the thing is that an old school Marvel. Sorry, we're getting on a on a Marvel. We could talk about it. Yeah. This show's
1: called Nerd. If you want to talk yeah. <laughs> about Stanley and
0: Steve Ditko, by all means, go for yeah, it. But but so Stanley was an old school publisher, editor, and the beauty of his writer. genius, that he might call it. If you writer, thank you that he might say is he would give the ideas to people and they would go with it. And, you know, this is the class. This is so American to be like, I'm the ideas man. And then at the end, you're like, my ideas are why everything succeeded. And you ignore all the hard work that went into it. Because if you Steve tell Steve jobs aspect of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, if, if you're talking Steve jobs versus a uh, Wozniak, um, I, I give way more credit to Wozniak, but let's yeah, well, Maybe. cause Steve jobs would be like, I want to make my computer
1: into a phone. And then he's like, see, I invented the iPhone. And that's the kind of thing where, like, with Stan Lee, he's like, I've got an idea for a man named Spider-Man. Go! And then somebody else had to actually create the character. And then half the time, draw and write the scripts because of the, how the Marvel method works.
0: Well, I know his, his comment was he would say he would give a, a brief overview of the scene. So Stan would say, hey, Spider-Man's fighting the lizard here, and he falls off a building. But then they would draw it and he would say you just leave it blank and I'll fill in the bubbles but to what you're saying that is asking that you you've given them a broad overview you are asking them to write the story and it is it is probably much easier especially when you're talking very comic booky, wow Zam whatever, you know, it's not hard to add the dialogue into a finished scene so. So agree. It, it,
1: it is one of those things where, yeah, like
0: and and then it was uh, like only like
1: later where Stanley would be like, well, of course, I consider Steve Ditko a co-creator of Spider-Man. And Steve would be like, yeah, why are you even saying that? Like, I practically created most of the character. And,
0: and that was the question is I came in maybe, you know, post Kevin Smith, where, you know, Stanley had really revamped his image a lot there, you know, with, with the introduction of ball rats, I would say the second era of stanley came about so i wasn't as familiar with him with what he said in interviews before that so he was was much more complimentary he was also a spokesperson for marvel you know he would be the one that would be introducing
1: you know whatever cartoon oh welcome to another episode of the fantastic four and it's like yeah you mean the group that jack kirby mostly invented alongside with you cool uh but that uh, but I digress. I was sorry. I for, sorry for throwing my comic
0: book shade into our video. Well, oh, I I audience. want I mean I well, I knew what I was getting into. I was like, yeah. oh, if I if I approach this, you know, it's a, it's a huge camp. Well, that, I wanted it. It, If this is uh this
1: is a port essentially of Astro Boy, it is a <laughs> it is a uh, uh, it's a knockoff of Astro Boy. But
0: but yeah. so part of it was the Stanley, let's make his name alliteration mm. Yeah, The other notorious thing is the box art. It was transformed, and like we're agreeing, probably from we don't want this to look like a video game or a kid's thing. We want to look like something for an adult. And in doing so, produce the worst box art of all time. It, it Mega Man 1 is notorious for that. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that would both say not a horrible piece of box art and also a horrible transition, right? It, 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 it does stand to wit, though, that there is this there's this
1: appreciation for ugly art that I think is really fun where like I looked at that mega man thing now. And I was like, I look at it now and I'm like, Oh, it's kind of fucking awesome. Cause it looks so weird and wrong and bad that it, it, it flashes past the like, so bad it's bad thing. And, and you're kind of like, Oh, I, I like how
0: fucking ugly this is. <laughs> and I, I kind of, which, is, which isn't which is horrible if you're trying to sell an expensive cell to an adult collector. Correct. Probably not a great thing if you're trying to sell a video game to a young kid that's trying to convince their parent to lay down 60 bucks. Oh, the Mega Man cover doesn't belong on Mega Man, but it does belong on my wall. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that is a perfect description of it. So anyway, Mega Man Tanks, I would say in part because of that, there were also some parts of the game that were really difficult. In the notes you wrote up, Mega Man 1 is fucking impossible. There is a funny aspect of the game where there is a hidden item that is required to beat the game. Mm -hmm. It is the most bizarre thing because you basically make a magnetic beam that you are able to walk across, make a big thing across. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I guess it's magneto powers logic. Magna beam, yeah. But it it looks really weird. It's very confusing. Um, It's not intuitive that you have to find it. I think it is in the instruction manual somewhere that it's mentioned. But it is possible to get to the very end of the game and not be able to beat it. And it's just impossible. You, you, you have no choice but to start over. And it's not really there's there's no information given to you. It's not like yeah. you forgot the magnet beam. You just
1: made. have to rage quit Mega Man.
0: And so those kind of things made it less popular in the US, but the team thought it was worthwhile. And this is where Mega Man 2 gets interesting. They were told, okay, you want to make Mega Man 2? You make Mega Man 2. But you do it on your spare time. You keep developing normal games. So, so this was a passion project, which is, which is remarkable. I think it's clear that they knew what they
1: had. And it's one of those things, too, where they had... I would say, I'm not going to sort of um, bury anything here in
0: saying it was one of the best-looking games that Nintendo had, like kind of by a lot. It says a ton that essentially the engine for Mega Man 1 1- with some minor improvements, which is also part of the issues that we'll get to in a second about code glitches, but the engine that Mega Man 1 had lasted through six. They were able to take the engine that they had made for one and with some minor improvements, able yeah. to make six games. And that that says a ton because there, you know, there are classic games where it's kind of like the code build gets out, there are breaks in it, and you're just like, leave it alone, never come back to this. So the designs, the game engine... Okay look it at how right. different the mario games are in order now,
1: obviously mario 2 is not a mario game but like when you look at super mario brothers super mario 2 and super mario 3 those are vastly different play aspects even though they're the same
0: concept and and mega man you're right it sticks with it it is the it is the same game through six and something that they do really well which is impressive and we'll we'll talk about it in two is they do minor upgrades each game so that you feel like you're getting a new game. And and 3 I would say is really the only failure we might talk a little bit that there. And by okay. the way, funny note, I'll give a shout out to your other podcast, Jeff has cool friends, their your recent one with David Igo. I oh, hope yeah. I got the name right. Yeah. You were talking about you and your brothers working at Foot Locker and how the sales would go up when you were just allowed to do your own thing. Yeah. And I would say Mega you're saying the same thing about Mega Man 2 is that when the corporate overlords were saying, we want the box art to look like this, we want to sell this many copies, whatever. They went, just just let us do it. And when they were allowed to do it in less time, they were able to produce an amazing game.
1: When when you let creatives be creative, you get that, you get you get the good stuff. When you pull the
0: the, the oversight away from it. I will give a funny argument that I think you might agree with, though I point to you a little, is that I think the one thing that is useful to creatives a little is is deadlines. And I don't think like Smacking down, but I think the reason deadlines are useful is, you know, the the what the the metaphor, the line, not metaphor, the line is, you know, perfect is the enemy of great.
1: Yeah. And
0: so if you're trying to just keep perfecting something, it's like eventually you just have to ship it. Um, and so I think in some ways, you know, deadlines do help people just go, here's what I need to get done and get it out. And so in some ways that was, you know, I think Mega Man 2 somehow just found that perfect like window because it's really hard. Sometimes you give deadlines that are too harsh. And that blows everything up, or you give deadlines that are too lenient and you get too much bloat. Somehow Mega Man 2, and it's it's just luck, right? It's just luck. It, it
1: is line. I'm 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 actually glad you said this because Mega Man 2 seems to be the most popular Mega Man game. Uh in my opinion, it's not in the top at all for me. Um, I prefer Mega Man 4, and I actually prefer Mega Man 3. Um, I I was I was not a big fan of mega man 2 and even when it came out on the nes classic as a port i still was like eh. you know when they brought it over i was like
0: oh yeah like i i liked this game but like i kind of wish it was one of the other ones yeah i mean i i've so i've actually with uh twitch.tv forward slash GT been playing through the mega man games with my friend landon uh so i you know and i we're just getting through six now so i have played all the games i would agree four is Easily, I I think I commented four and five are easily superior to two. I'm three just kind of bugs me, and part of it is actually just like the boss. I I don't like the bosses as much in three. They they're, they're kind of weird. No, like Snake Man. We we actually so actually uh, landon and myself did rank the bosses, and I think Snake Man took number one. So Snake Man's pretty. What is that Snake Hard Man,
1: is- Man? Hard Man's in there.
0: I'm trying to remember yeah. who the villains are. It's well, that's like... the point. I think there's Needleman. There's a guy with a punching glove. I mean, that's the thing. Is there? Cool, yeah. Oh, Wait, no, I'm thinking five. I don't know. Anyway, but anyway, three, three aren't my favorite. But I, but I would agree that the games definitely get better, kind of as they go on and get more work. But two was kind of just the realization of a lot of stuff, and it did add one really cool aspect that also makes this one of the funniest parts of the game, which is they didn't have enough design time because they were doing this on their spare time, and in the first game uh inifune does all six characters and should probably talk more about that in a sec but he does all six characters and game two they're like you can work on this your spare time so he doesn't have time to do design work and so they crowdsource it they they basically release it to the fans and say submit submissions for the bosses and we'll pick the best date and give you a credit in the the credits also though (laughs) they are starting production on the game levels before they know the bosses and so if you go through Mega Man 2 and go i don't know if all these bosses line up it, it's true famously of that. heat man's level because that Completely should be a sewer
1: sewer man which is also like a big stretch that they were like i hope somebody suggests sewer man or whatever like as they're or whatever they're doing because they they set up a sewer level which is very fun for me because i'm like oh you guys know that's where like shit is
0: right like it's very funny that it's that they would like well well, maybe now let's add some story maybe heat man went in there and was like this is disgusting i am lighting it all on fire and that's why it's like all molten lava all that sewer gas you're gonna get a christmas
1: vacation level explosion oh okay so just heat man just blows up uh what is it yeah um, would go down there robotopolis or whatever all that that methane down there yeah just anyway Just have him explode at that point in time. But yeah, that is that's the one that's very clearly wrong. And then they say, What's the other one? Um
0: uh the Flash Man, right? Flashman is clearly supposed to be an ice base level and an ice that that's what's funny is that there are a lot of ice bosses. I know six has Blizzard Man. I just got through that. One, of course, had Iceman as well. So this one's it's it's kind of funny for me that clearly though what happened because they got a ton of submissions that was one question I had and myself and Landon looked into was maybe they didn't get a lot of submissions these were just the best they could get and the answer is no they they got thousands of submissions and whoever was in charge of the boss selection process a theme that seems to continue through two three four and five didn't look at the levels and just went nah i like this is this is my favorite and you know you go yeah. we have these levels do you want to maybe pick one that matches and what i will say i'll I'll jump ahead to 6 6 does a really good job matching match matching matching bosses to level and then it gets to centaur man centaur man hell so yeah i want to repeat that centaur man whose powers are teleportation yeah, and like time centaur. stopping of course and that level is like an underwater level with submarines so they 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 on, on Mega Man Six they're like, they they do a really good job. They rein it in. They're like, we got to have at least one boss that doesn't match up with the level.
1: So Centaur Man lives w- with the Navy, essentially. Un-
0: well, he lives underwater, and as you go through the underwater stage, you, you run into like submarines. The other, yeah, which means bosses- his team
1: is like he has a team of of naval
0: assassins that are that are on his side. One thing we've talked about in the game is the little hard hat guys something that is amazing is hard they guys, get yeah. costumes in a lot of the games so they 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 appear they're the Goombas like, they're the Goombas of yeah the of, Goombas of, of Mega the Man, yeah. Mega Man world and they're awesome and they get costumes and and, and it's really fun to think about them coming into the, the different bosses like we're, we're signing up to be a henchman they're like can, can we can we have costumes because there's one point where they're underwater and they have snorkels and they're yeah. robots they don't need to breathe first off and they're underwater but they're like this is dedication to the craft we are we 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 are underwater hard hats we are wearing a costume we're not coming here unprepared it would be weird to think of them as like snails that or like
1: uh clams that are living in this robotic shell but they're actually living beings
0: well that's funny is right if you look at Mega Man he looks living right he the, the storyline is he is a robot yeah but when the game starts he's got like flowing hair and it it, it actually makes sense to the the game art design. Of making him a human with a gun, is Man. that he looks like a human with a gun. Do you, you know, but when you yeah. read the story and then look, he's got he's got a cannon arm. Yeah, I I realized what I was explaining was the robotnik
1: aspect of converting living beings into organic beings into. You're, you're going down
0: the the sonic. Like, uh, yeah, well, because radical, that right, unlikely.
1: you'd fight these robot villains, and then when you'd hit them, like a little bunny would bounce away because it's like, oh, you freed me from my my techno prison or whatever.
0: And of course there are many many flying levels notoriously tails both can fly and has a plane you know because if you can fly you need a plane hey i can walk but i got a car too bro that that damn that is that is a solid retort i did not see that coming game point (laughs) but anyway um a lot of the scenes in sonic are flying and you know you you hit these robots and you free the creature like you just killed that creature. yeah like that That rabbit is dead that rabbit was in a comfortable robotic shell. It was a superhuman robot and you just killed it. Thanks. Yeah, that, ro- that 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 rabbit leveled up and you just murdered it.
1: Um, but yeah, so it is very interesting though to see like the history of this game and to see how Capcom, you know, it did very well in Japan and in America Mega Man kind of flopped and they're like, "Well, wow, we're not going to do that." It's like, "Well, it still did well in Japan." Like, "Are you guys not selling enough?" you don't
0: make enough money but they still do with it i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep this on uh both podcasts so as i've mentioned i do the box score geeks podcast and then yep. do this as well a running theme that people should be aware of is do not fall for the myth that successful companies always know what they're doing and oftentimes it is luck we're recording this in the midst of uh elon musk's takeover of twitter mm-hmm. and a bunch of people are rightfully pointing out they're they're, they're going everybody's pointing at this man as a success and that's not a lie he is but don't fool yourself into thinking that he is a success because he has great ideas and had a lot of thought into what he was doing as much as he had a bunch of money and kind of just gambled it and then you know it's it's kind of like seeing that person at vegas who you know he's hits a it good, big he's a
1: smart investor
0: well maybe Sometimes. i mean
1: well he was like he invested in a lot of things like he invested in tesla you know he did not we we need to stop pretending that he like created tesla he didn't he invested in it he he yeah, whatever all right but you're right you are right like companies even capcom who are i would say capcom historically speaking is one of the top gaming companies of of all time when when you think about like what they've created when you see you know capcom with mega man then street the street fighter series the resident evil series like this is they're not messing around they
0: do good work interesting their second one is is Monster Hunter Monster Hunter is their 2nd I'm I'm looking up just their their popular franchise as you mentioned Resident Evil is up there Street Fighter is up there Mega Man is up there and then Monster Hunter
1: Hmm. well Monster Hunter is insanely popular now whereas Mega Man Mega Man is is like a like a Ramones shirt it's like conceptually old people are still participating and
0: young people just wear the shirt Good God! I yeah, I'm looking this up. I just briefly looked at the Monster Hunter franchise and how many games. I am old because I've just like was completely unaware of this. But yes, you are you are correct. Yeah, yeah, they're big now. Like if you if a
1: new Mega Man game comes out uh, for like you know like the Xbox you know whatever new Xbox version comes out, people are gonna be like, uh, maybe I'll download it when I have a free weekend or something. But like, if a new Monster Hunter game comes out, people are like, "I'm gonna lose my shit if I don't get this game right now." Hmm. I go play Monster Hunter, and it's a movie, right? There's a mo- there's a movie for them. What's I don't. I think it, Monster yeah. Hunter had a movie, whereas oh. Mega Man hit cartoon
0: show. Uh, it had a well. I don't know if it's a
1: hit cartoon show. It only lasted a year and a half.
0: Yeah, it's rough. And I'll, I I do want to shout out to the original Mega Man. Just a couple more things, which are impressive. Yes, I gotta give it. Major, major props for the double pun, which, as you know, may not have been good in selling it. So, you know, it's it's dad humor appreciation. Mega Man was called Rock Man, mm-hmm. and the original thesis design behind Mega Man that persists uh, a running theme is the weakness to opponent weapon. So I mm-hmm. guess I could have told the story, but you know, you are Mega Man, you're a robot that's trying to fight Dr. Wiley. Based on the game, I might talk more about that in a bit he basically has a collection of robots that are trying to take over the world and you're taking them over each time you defeat an enemy boss you gain their powers and more importantly their powers are useful either in parts of the game as in like parts of the level to get by it and or more importantly beating other bosses in the game And so some of them are very logical, uh, as an example, usually fire and ice. If there are two of those in the game, one of them is weak to the other. Some of them don't make a ton of sense. You know, the under in Mega Man two, as an example, the underwater boss is, is weak to, you know, a blade, arguably most things are weak to a blade, but it's also like Pokemon logic where you're going, the different weakness levels against each other don't always have to line up and make sense. And so it's circular though so basically each boss is weak to another enemy's weapon i have a question it goes in a circle
1: does that mean that cut man and mega man one was weak to
0: mega man's mega buster no cut man i i forget the last that's that's actually the point it goes in a circle and and actually mega man four you you when you start you you have to pick a boss that you do not yet have their weakness for and so Cut Man and Mega Man 1 is the best first choice because he is naturally weakest to the Mega Buster versus all the bosses. Because rock beats scissors. That, yeah, that probably, that probably was intentional. I would agree. Because right. if he's idea. Rock
1: Man and he's taking out Cut Man who has scissors on his head, it would make sense that the weakness for the scissor character is rock.
0: Yeah, and that's the point. So the, the, the joke is rock, paper, scissors, as you're saying. So that's why he's Rock Man. And they said, you know what? Rock, paper, scissors, but also music. So mm-hmm. Rock has a sister named Roll, who, again, another one of these translations from, the, from Japan to the United States. Are just like, they wrote this rich backstory. Let's throw it out and write our own. And then, of course, it's also pun based. So it doesn't make sense now that we've changed the name. So to a degree, it makes sense. But, you know, writing out the female character that's only there in the instruction manual, A plus this is in Nintendo America. In the cartoon, she's there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, comes back. So it's rock and roll. And then later he has a brother that's discovered named Bluesman. So they have two puns rock, paper, scissors. That's why he's Rockman. And then, of course, they go the music route as well, which, you know, it's kind of inside, yeah. silly, kitschy. But well, I and the dog's it. name? Rush. I don't buy you. You think Rush is, I did not see that in any of my research. You think Rush is named after the semi popular Canadian rock band?
1: I mean, if it's a rock and roll themed family, I don't see why not.
0: Mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to do so. I did not do any research into that. So we'll, we'll, future us will determine if Jeff was correct. I'll, I'll give that to you. But what I would say about Mega Man 2, because we kind of talked the the thing, the team went behind it. They were They were really passionate about it. And I would really argue Mega Man 2, when you're saying it's the most popular, it is the most popular selling. I think it showed what they could do. The one disappointing part is Mega Man 3, they had a bunch of management changes with a bunch of different decisions. And that as a result is really kind of, I think why I, the franchise stuck around and did very well. But I think that was the irony and annoyance of the Mega Man franchise as a whole is the management didn't ever really you know, keep track and manage it properly. And it was kind of like it succeeded in spite of itself because their engineers, their designers were just that passionate about the project.
1: (laughs) They were just like, look, man, we're just going to deal with this.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I, I, I certainly, you know, especially in some of your recent episodes, you know, you talking some of your past jobs can completely understand the frustration of being a creative that's like, hey, I've got this great idea. This would do really well talking, you know, sideshow collectibles. And then just going, oh, I, management doesn't want to promote this. I I don't know what's going on here, which is is kind of a bummer. So you know, kind of, I would say Mega Man Three and um, Sideshow Sideshow on your, your show that was there are kind of similar. That management was like, this is a good idea. And they're like, are you going to give it what it needs to succeed? And they're like, nah. Um, I would like to say that uh, K G Inafune
1: uh, actually was asked about the Rush name. Okay, what do we got? And, what do we got? Uh, he says actually for Rush, there was a game Russian Crash that Capcom had made earlier that I liked a lot. So uh apparently it's named after this character from Russian Crash. Which is right. a different Capcom game.
0: I'll take it. Well, it's a that's a nice little Easter egg. And then and then Rush, I mean, Rush doesn't show up in this game, but you know, Mega Man 2 kind of setting the, the ground works, well. yeah. Has the three items. And so this is kind of the key. Mega Man is notorious for as mentioned, you get your enemy's weapons to defeat them, as well as you get these various power-ups depending on if you defeat the right enemy. And these things help you through the game easier. In this one, it's Dr. Light saying, Hey, good job beating this guy. I'm gonna give you item one, item two, item three. Super descriptive. Mm-hmm. And Mega Man three, they fix it going, you know, you're getting rush jet, rush coil. And I forget, I think you have rush submarine, which it's
1: it's better from a marketing standpoint, too. Um that aspect of it too, where they're like, "Well, look, hey, we we got characters here, and we want to sell toys
0: eventually." So, you know that that was a fascinating part of old school Nintendo versus new, was how toyetic they were, and then, I I wonder how much they dropped the ball, not really capitalizing on a ton. I mean, I know for instance, Super Mario Brothers Three was everywhere, you know, Happy Meals. But I remember when like Amiibos came out; those mm-hmm. were huge. And the the theory behind those, they were these little. Action figures—I have a bunch behind me, actually—and you could like plug them into whatever game system at the time. I don't know if it was Wii or whatever. But really, like myself and many others, were just like, "Oh my goodness, you're you're releasing action figures of our favorite characters. More of these, and so like, Mega Man was one of the most toyetic ones. And I don't recall if they ever really if they embraced that enough. And say the '80s and '90s, uh, certainly now, right? You know, Nintendo's everywhere, toys everywhere, stuff like that. Lego sets; those are lots of fun. I mean, I would like a Lego set of Mega Man. I mean, does it, ex- it probably exists, right? I don't, I
1: don't know. I'll look it up at Actually, some point. Well, you can get like, because like you can get a Mega Man 2 shirt at Target. Yeah. Like they had like that game, the game choice screen at Target. Like that's such an obscure, like not even Mega Man 1. It was like they chose Mega Man 2 specifically for that. And I find that fascinating.
0: All right. I'm going to mess this up. You have too many Dan's on your show, but was it a uh, Telfair? How do you say the last name? telfer telfer he was on your show and i do know before a convention he was wearing a mega man Two that nice. shirt you're talking about because yeah it's that, that is that is i and i saw it i was like that is an awesome shirt you know I've, I've got enough at this point but that that would be one fun to pick up
1: yeah right i um I i am very i'm fascinated with the fact that this franchise was saved by the people that created it and believed in it Against the wishes of the company that actually produced and it, and
0: also the fans. So I mean, yeah. th- this is kind of a feel-goody story for kind of the community and st- for 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 people like you, a creator and a fan. Yeah. The backstory of this game is corporate did not give it the support it required or the publicity it required, and they said, "I want to do it anyway." And then the fans came up and also helped out and created the most successful Mega Man game in the franchise. I mean, that's a feel-good story.
1: It is. It feels good. It feels good. It feels as good as three items that you get in addition to a to a a battling weapon and the metal saw blades to shoot through people or whatever.
0: Well, let's talk. Let's talk the uh, the items because this is fun. This actually got you to curse at me, which I'm which I'm a fan of. This is another part of the game that I am fascinated by, Jeff. They called it Behind the Matrix, a.k.a. fuck nerd numbers on the script. (laughs) So we've talked about in these old games, it came up a little in Zelda, came up a little in Punch Out about when you look at really old video games that, you know, are forced to be fully released. Right. You're not allowed to patch it like modern days and are done under crunch time and are done with you know a lot of not a lot of resources that you can end up with glitches in the game some of these glitches are just weird i think you mentioned at one point during punch out the screen went all blotchy and i think we've all seen that there there, i don't know the conditions but there are times in old nintendo games where just the pixelation gets all screwed up and you're kind of just done in the arcades this was uh, would happen during like kill screens like the the system itself would run out of memory and just start writing gibberish on on game cartridges, it could happen for any variety of reasons. You were left with pulling the cartridge out and blowing on it. That was that was your only hope. Some of these glitches are just random. Some of them are predictable and usable. And and Mega Man two specifically is where it starts. is one of the most popular. and The, the simplest way I can explain it is. If you look at old Nintendo games, it is really grid based and so, if you look at Mega Man and Mario and they look like a human with arms and you know not just a square, they are really a square or a rectangle mm-hmm. and so all of the math is 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 revolved around rectangles, so you know when they're running, et cetera, you're really doing collision detection on squares because I'll say this a a graphics project I got my uh, master's in uh computer graphics, basically, it was computer science, but I focus on computer graphics. One of the projects you'll typically do for that is called a ray tracer. And the amount of computation that does, this is to get kind of photorealistic pictures used doing collision detection, acting like you're a camera, is just so vast. Obviously, that's why we have pixelated stuff. You know, realistic graphics don't come along for tell forever. And they're really doing math on squares. And so in Mega Man, there is supposed there to be. There couldn't a- have been a worse. Thing for you to
1: say to me then it's like well the game is basically math on squares uh because i'm just that like that makes me just be like i know i'm not
0: zoning out but i want to zone out after you said that oh thing. you should well i mean i remember so this is going to sound weird when when we did zelda 2 the inaugural episode of, of a show that no longer exists now right because that, that name's gone i changed I the sense- name yeah we we did apparently weird right but we, we should just do like old you know old school tv where you replace the actress like becky on roseanne or whatever and just oh, never yeah. mention again i'm failing that right now though but i sent you a video on zelda with some of the math behind it and it's kind of cool stuff and how it works it's not and oh it's it, it, it is awesome sir it oh, is, is, awesome. the,
1: is is the thing that you got your master's degree in interesting to you specifically? That's so weird.
0: Oh man, you are! It's funny because I've I've listened to a bunch of your shows this week. You just have a monster's row of talking to people from Colorado this week, which is awesome. We're recording this the week of November first, by the way. And uh, on the uh, ugg Fine show with Kim, you basically keep bringing up your master's degree and and how you know stuff. I don't have a master's, master's
1: degree history. in 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 biology, but I it was my minor. Biology was my minor uh so even and though history, i got my you know, degree history. in history my my degree was in history and education but i still got a biology minor because i was fascinated by it and particularly evolutionary biology um so like virology uh or virology i don't know why i said it virology uh virology um so like human physiology like i'm very fascinated by those aspects of biology um diseases man like i took courses like diseases in mankind and darwinian evolution and shit like that like i'm fascinated by it and so
0: to have somebody be like i don't think that's the case and i'm like but it is and i and i know you think the UGG, listeners i know you think the ugg fine show which you better have listened to by now because it'll have been out about a month by the time this comes out I know you think it's just, you know, witty banter with some of the funniest people out there, but it also talks a lot about biology and stuff like that. So tune in to that nerdy subject, which that was like 80% of that episode, right, Jeff? That episode,
1: that argument is like when people would say fake news, when you would tell them something real and you're just sitting there just being like, I don't understand why you don't want to believe me on this one. I've studied it a lot, like kind of a lot, but that's it.
0: But I digress. Um, but any the the point being, when we're talking about oh, you're you're just really proud of the thing you got an education in education, well, and I just like happen it. to have it's... I just happen to have the card up my sleeve of going, Jeff, you you were just doing that like two I hours know. ago in, and, in and my time, were, and you were like, this is
1: interesting, and I I'm I'm like, it's not, uh, right. but it is for you, which I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for <laughs> you about this, but also well, the same how practice. do you how else do you get video games if people don't find this crap? Interesting? Well, that's fine. I I'm glad that people. <laughs> do it so that we can have these video games. I'm just being like, I don't really care to see how the sausage just made in this one. Like, but it, that aspect of it, which you do, you're fat. You're you're really into meat grinding technology of making the sausage. Like, that's something really fascinating for you. And for me, I'm like, I just want to eat it on a sandwich. Like, my thing is, I want the art of the sandwich. That's art of the book
0: anyway. But what I, hey, by the way, funny, one of my other tangents I'll get on is in video game history, one of the most famous things is Space Invaders. That's actually a bug. And what happens is if you recall, Space Invaders is one of the first games to introduce increasing difficulties. So you've got these aliens that are coming down that you're trying to shoot. And as you defeat more aliens, they come down faster. That is not actually intentional. It was a glitch because old, old hardware, it was so hard to render that basically, as you reduce the number of things on the screen, it made it so that they could render them faster. Uh, Old old things work on like a physical clock, like, you know, like if you're thinking analog clock, they don't work on some logic that's a little more complicated. We have that modern stuff. And so essentially the clock got less overhaul and could kind of go faster is what happened. And so that's one of the biggest things. Space invaders got really famous for getting harder and harder and harder. And that was a glitch. And speaking of glitches, Mega Man 2 has one of the most famous ones, which is there's essentially a force field around each of these squares that Mega Man's supposed to walk through. And there is an off by one error. So in theory, you are supposed to be... If Mega Man ever ends a render inside of a wall, if that happens, the game would just crash and that would be bad. So the logic is supposed to be, if Mega Man's ever inside of the wall, kick him out. And do some logic. Should you kick him left? Should you kick him right? There is a minor bug in the force field around the wall on the left. So if you are able to quickly get Mega Man Stuck in a wall, which you can do with the items. So, item one lets you move Mega Man in a way that they're not expecting. And Mega a Man, a little balloon, done. right? Uh, the or is that's a that wall. Later, this together. one, it, it, it's a little propeller thing that, that could show up in this okay. one. But it does become a balloon in a later game. That the the idea in the Mega Man games of the item that you, you fall up. With. But I think there is a balloon. Anyway, but you're able to get stuck in the wall, and then if you change your direction fast enough, the game thinks it's supposed to eject you to the right. If mm-hmm. the math was done correctly you just wouldn't get in the wall you get ejected to the left but you're able to get ejected to the right and you're able to it's called zipping go entirely across yeah, it, it, you go through the entire mass until there's a gap right yeah exactly and then also this gets really funnier because we were talking this and this is fascinating right jeff in zelda 2 we were talking this where the rendering of levels is not normal We we think of a room around us as physical space but when you're thinking of video game, it's more Dungeons and Dragons. Someone's just writing it down and keeping track of it. So you're not physically moving from point A to point B. Someone's doing a math equation and saying, based on the math equation, Jeff was in room A, now he's in room B. Mm-hmm. So you can combine those two to get all sorts of funny, where you get zipped across the room, you get put in a new room, and you can get put in a place that you're not expected. And if you know the right actions to do, you can like, go from room A to room B and then grab onto a ladder in room B. And this is how a lot of the people that do speed runnings get through it really quickly.
1: Yeah, it's funny, too, because the speed runs like because I've watched I watched some speed run stuff that we've seen before. But these speed runs are still like half hour runs, basically, um, that their version of speed is is a 30 minute process, which is very interesting because it's so leveled as opposed to like uh, like a Mario speed run where they're like, yeah, they got it done in you know two minutes and eight seconds or something like that. Um, one of the things I find fascinating is that in a lot of these videos, I think, I forget who it was, but one of them brings up the, you know, one of the times I played through, I did it this way, and then another time I did it this, this other way, and I'm like, dude,
0: how much time do you have to play Mecha Man 2? Well, we, we were talking that a little pre-show, Summoning Salt, who is a great speedrunner and a great YouTube content creator, definitely yeah, check him did, out if you have We did haven't. the most recent one we talked about, which was the Punch-Out. Yeah, he he did. He he went over Matt Turk, and this recent one he went over Cipher uh, for Mega Man Two. And so something I really appreciate about this guy is, when you look at sports, it's so unforgiving. One of the rough parts about sports is, you'll get these people that are the greatest and on track to being the greatest. You know, someone else was really good, but they didn't get that much time in the sun, or just aren't as well remembered. Something that's going around on my Twitter today is Doctor J and the ABA, who was overlooked. Doctor J is one of the greatest basketball players ever. And just really suffers from the fact that basketball in the 70s was at its low point. But if you yeah. kind of rightfully so, he should be kind of ranked top 10. Um, he's probably ranked top 20. And he, he got his accolades. He did really well in the NBA. But the ABA also was not it's it's
1: hard. It's hard. It, it's an interesting world uh it's 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 like when the nfl and the afl existed at the same time and and it was just like these aren't
0: the same though are they but that's the difference so the uh, oh oh sorry jeff you you stepped on a landmine there because i've been talking about this all day today the aba was basically towards the end just as strong at the nba at the top so they had a bunch of teams that were folding but when the aba merged with the nba the the nuggets were the best team in their division in the nba i'm a huge nuggets fan Mm-hmm. Doctor J took away their best hope at a title. Doctor J went on to win he MVP. Went, ah, in... ah, ah, no, no, that no. Him no. I've got a full size poster in the next room. On I was, I was on. making
1: a Denver Nuggets joke.
0: Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, dang it. Oh, man, that's embarrassing. I complete. Ah, oh, man, off my game, Jeff. Anyway,
1: you see, because you said the Nuggets, and then I said yeah. Doctor J. You were right. No, no, that no. the right. Nuggets thing. This is great. Honestly, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna keep doing this. Can I tell you something now? You're actually getting a peek at why Adam and I, Adam Todd Brown and I work really well together, is that my thing is quick, reactive references to very well-researched information. Um, and that's why, and Adam researches very well, and his comedy is very, very researched and well done and put together and beautifully crafted, whereas my, I do my best as a counterpuncher, both and as a boxer and in comedy.
0: And as a researcher, that is the fun part is where you step on, like you get all these notes put together and someone's like, Hey, no. I'm like,
1: ah, oh, come on. Well, yeah, it's like you came up with this whole thing. And then I threw, I just threw you for an entire loop. That's really and, fun. And then I have to admit I was wrong. That's the, that's the frustrating part. So honestly, so that's the best for part for me. It's not yeah. just the laughter, but it's the, you admitting that you're wrong. There's nothing better for me it's than you laughter, to be like, oh, you are right i was wrong oh put that in my veins
0: that's all i I'm gave I, I gave that to you on what the Geist test oh the, the test. i was like no. No. i was like yes
1: that, that is that bet. works that, that a, is correct that, that works conceptually uh as, as
0: for all intents and purposes that joke is a joke structurally however boo this yeah, it's very very similar to the charge man at the start of the show jeff made a tweet that was a joke perfectly lined up it fit the structure it fit the tweet structure it fit the joke structure it fit the logic structure so I had to look at it and go yes Hmm. you get full credit for that you were I don't want to give you full credit for it yeah and we both mentioned we've done teaching in the past and so yeah when you're like grading students and they like argue and eventually you're just like you're right I'm going to give you full points I'm really not happy about it but I don't have time for this no I wouldn't do that I wouldn't budge but you wouldn't oh interesting (laughs) As a grader, I was definitely like, if you can argue for it and get it without being a jerk, I will give you the credit as long as there's something there. I I mean, the thing is,
1: is what I was doing, it was very hard to be able to find different alternate answers to like shit that happened in history. It's very hard to be like, what happened here? If they said something that wasn't true, they're not, it's going to be hard to argue it.
0: And yeah, and encoding actually that this leads back to glitches and stuff. It's like, yes, there are lots, there are ways that you can program the right solution in a way that we're like oh my god don't do that I mean it it works I have to give you credit for it but you know don't do it that way if you go into industry and then talking about this the full thing we were talking about is you know the speed runs and something that summoning salt does really well is making sure that the people that kind of fall in these gaps of greatest of all time get appreciated because like we're talking the nuggets and the nuggets and Dr. J would qualify as
1: can can I say something that summoning salt does not do well I bubble lead
0: Dre from the future here so, we're about to step on a very contentious subject. Do you pronounce it bubble-lead or bubble lead? Frustrating answer, it's a lot like gif or jif. Jeff and I organically describe the logic behind both lines of thinking, and I will note in the Japanese Mega Man anime, there is an instance of Mega Man pronouncing it bubble-lead. And in the discussion of speedruns, it's very common to play the Japanese instance of the game So basically, Summoning Salt has a completely rational justification for his pronunciation of bubble lead in his videos. Also, since we do think so highly of Summoning Salt's work, I figured I'd spoil a little later in the podcast where we actually talk about how nitpicky criticisms like this should just be ignored by great creators. Anyway, enjoy.
1: He calls so it bubble lead during the entire thing.
0: And but I'm just sitting so, there
1: and, so. and I'm just losing my mind because I'm like, it's bubble lead, isn't it? Like it's it's lead. It's a it's a heavy thing because it's a bubble, but instead of going up, it goes down. So that makes me lead to believe that it is it is a bubble that is made of lead and will therefore cause damage. There's yeah, no reason. I it.
0: could see. I could see it both ways because it it is the it is the bu- You're saying it's the bubble lead, and you're saying you could say the bubble lead. He's. I could. He's, see being, he says but, the bubble lead, but I could see it being called that because it like goes in a direction, right? It like leads. I mean, sure, but no. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: it's lead. It's it's. You're bashing somebody with lead, and that's like. I mean, I know. I'll, I'll add this. Neither of these are good names, but the reason it because like, bubbles naturally would go up, especially in the water. So the, because they go down, it's really because they're made of lead as opposed to just actual bubbles, which is air and air.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And like I was saying, even from the lead perspective, it you know, I guess you're right, like a bubble, regardless of its content, mm-hmm. would basically go in a direction because of the air inside of it and the difference between, you know, the gas outside. So I'll give it to you. And I mean, See that? This is a funny one, and I've, I've got to imagine it It hurts you um, on a spoken forum, and this has happened to you and other people of the, you say the word incorrectly, and you don't know the right way to say it, and especially if it's a podcast like about a person and you get the name wrong, and you do it 10 times during the episode and it gets released, mm-hmm. and someone's like, hey, that was a great episode. By the way. Yeah. And uh, the the poor Summoning Salt did a a one hour
1: and 28 minute video about this. And some dipshit podcaster shows up and is like, it's actually bubble lead, not bubble lead. And this guy's like, I did so much work to make this video. And you just have to nitpick. And I do. Because it makes me feel superior.
0: Well, to be fair, what you're doing is, on your turf... You're criticizing something else, which is more than fair. You're not being that person that goes into their comment section and is very rude or does it repeatedly. So no, no, I
1: didn't put it in the comment section where they would see it. Instead, I cowardly hid behind my own podcast where I could tear
0: him apart without him giving it getting an opportunity to respond. Anyway, Summoning Salt did these, has done a couple of these of kind of appreciating people that were, you know, the first place for only for a little bit. So the Mega Man speed run is about Cypher. The reason I really liked it is it was showing the, the culmination of all of these glitches working together. The last one that I, I did want to, you know, give a, of a niceness to, I believe it's displaced gamers. This is someone I kind of was mentioning at the start when I gave you Zelda, Jeff, you -hmm. were like, this is all Greek to me. And when Zelda versus Mega Man two, if that was making you zone out the Zelda one, the Mega Man two one is just. If you're like, this isn't really my thing. I'm like, well, I'm gonna give that to you times a hundred. So Displaced Gamer goes really in depth on the code on Mega Man 2. It is it is fascinating stuff, Jeff. If you're into code. This Which is, you know I am. The best part know. of this show for me
1: is when we start talking about code because I understand all of it. Uh, it all makes sense to me. It's all fun and interesting to me. Um, I'm certainly I'm it's so funny, like. You can, I'm so simple to boil down. I've had these conversations with people before where I'm like, look, I'm so easy to crack and I'm so easy to read that it blows my mind when people can't. And I look at, and like when I trace back like my history of of things and how non-technical I am and how I'm very much more of the artsy kind of uh, style of person. And when you think about it, the toys I grew up with, I did not play with Transformers. I hated them. I I did not I don't do Legos. Like I hate any technical toy as a kid, like Legos building shit. My brother before Lego even had the Star Wars license, my brother was making working X-wings with Lego Technics. He made a red X-wing that had working S-foils in it. Like he could do that, like the engineering aspect. Transformers, he could like bah, 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 bah. I was like a G.I. Joe, He-Man, like, give me the toy and I will create the story. I don't need to do the technical aspect of it. So when we look at games like this, for me, the speed runs are the Legos of that, where I get why some people are fascinated by it. But for me, I just want to
0: look at the overall art of the piece. Well, it's funny on, I'm, I'm going to be curious if you have a similar challenge. So on. You've had two challenges, I would say, for Zelda Two and Punch Out. Our last two shows. So in Mm -hmm. Zelda Two, you kind of mentioned, still blows my mind, Jeff, that you were able to just beat that game, essentially doing what would be known in the computer science world is depth-first search. So good good work. Just just walking
1: around. Yeah, you just basically
0: depth-first search is like go as far as you can. When you hit a wall, you come, you backtrack a little, you go as far as you can. It's just like that. That that's what you're willing to do. Whereas like you know there are clever algorithms where you try and figure out the the quickest way through it and then on punch out you actually had something very similar you said you and your brother's challenge was not a speed run so when I was like hey here's some speed run videos I finally beat Mike Tyson here were the tricks to figure out how to beat it and you said no no no. we're we're not interested in in beating them as quickly as possible we're interested in can you go through the game without getting a hit landed on you which I'll say canonically was the most correct for punch out because if that guy gets a hit on him he should be going down against any of those boxers there's
1: something to be said about the style versus the you know cuz it's speed or it's style i guess is would be the two things and we were definitely we preferred that style the flawlessness of it whereas some people were like well you have to take this hit in order to cause this thing to happen and i'm like i don't want to do that i want to i want to i want a perfect game um so speedruns never really i mean but i also mentioned this in our first episode um i used to speedrun in college we used to speedrun mario super mario brothers And it was just me and my friends just seeing how fast we could go, but we never glitched. So we would do, we would do the game and it was like an unimpressive number, like six minutes and eight seconds or something, um, where we would get straight through, you know, start to finish, like including the, the little cutscenes and things. I liked that, but I liked, I, I didn't like it. Once I started seeing people talking about breaking the code. Like I actually don't like that aspect of it. I think it sort of it removes me from the narrative of the story.
0: There's something very writery about that. So you know, kind of the writer thing is you have these you know three act structures, you know, et cetera, or, or rules of whatever Chekhov's gun. So Tom and Dave do this a lot, where it's kind of like, here is the story. Here are the rules that they have given us. They wanted to, you know, the 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 screenwriters wanted to fuck around, and that's fine. Mm-hmm but they fucked around in such a way that it broke it. You know, it was like, this is stupid. And a game they will often usually play is go, how could I fuck around in this universe, following the rules of this universe, and still make it messed up? And it sounds like you're kind of doing that as a narrative. You're going, you've given me a rule. You've given me a world in Mario. You've given me warps. Warps are canonical. They're in the game. How can I exploit the warps to beat this game as fastly as possible? Not becoming a ghost to get sucked through bricks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you the creator of this of this game made a mistake and so you are allowed to you know uh super mario brothers 3 is one of the the weirdest i I don't know if we'll get to that ever uh might we'll see um but some of the code breaking there we're talking speed runs is ridiculous where you are literally in your actions in the game rewriting the world so that you can get through it in a different way
1: yeah see i don't i'm not in the matrix like i'm not i i like I like the idea of playing the story optimally through the storyline that's intended. Um, And that is, I guess in a way, respecting the art as opposed to purposefully respecting via disrespecting the code or the programming. Um, And that's, I think that is also very clear as to how you and I view these things. We have a very oil and vinegar thing, which is we mix very well together together on a salad for example but that we're not the same thing you know like we're we're very different like I'm the oil that that wants it to be within the rule structure of this is it and you are the vinegar that is like I like exploring these different aspects of of what can be broken to it they don't go together like if you put them in the bottle they don't they never mix but when you combine the two flavors together it creates something really great
0: that's another one of since, and since as a nerd, you don't normally get to get called kind of like, or me don't get called like the interesting part. I will take that metaphor. It's another one of those. I'll give it's you equally credit.
1: interesting. <laughs> it's not because here's the thing. If I, here's how what I feel. If I was just doing the, the story, the flourishing art aspect of this thing, or if you were doing just here's the code and why it's interesting, you're going to lose some of that audience. In the same way that when I'm watching these speed run things or these code breaking things, I'm not interested that much. It's not fun for me. Um, And some people would be like, I want to know more about the tech. So they wouldn't be as interested in me. But when we mix that two together, I think it works really well. And that seems to be uh, what the comments are saying. And feel free to discuss this in the comments. But the comments seem to think that this is a really good synthesis of these two things.
0: I will I will say this show is 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 for the moment. It's at that perfect size where it's good for my ego. I know you've seen this as a creator, and I've seen this as well, where you make something, gets positive reception, you feel great. And as soon as it gets just a little big enough, that's when you get some of those con that's when you get the Jeff comments on like it's pronounced lead, not lead. Um you know you what get, I say, but, to people but like you get that, that as though? a comment. You get that as a comment and you get that as a comment one minute after you post it, and you get it, you know, by the person who just comes back and you're like, you you worked in a comic book store. So same idea where you're like, why do you keep coming here? You just seem to want to complain. I don't need you. around.
1: I got a message from somebody recently uh, that said, I'm so goddamn tired of podcasts. Is this somebody that I know that does that's a podcaster because hi, we know each other. And I wrote, uh, yeah, is it because we're in a Sisyphean job with no end in sight? And uh, the reply was, yes, that and the commentators, these people used to be fun. And now they just listen until they can nitpick something. I then went to that person's podcast page and found a comment that was incredibly complimentary about somebody who was going through a tragedy. And this was something that saved them and like made them feel good in a very difficult time. And I said, these are the comments that you should be focusing on, not the nitpickers, because those people don't matter I hate to say it, but nitpickers don't matter in the long run.
0: I'm a huge fan of behavioral um, economics, which is really just rebranded psychology. It's really Mm -hmm. nice when men come into a field that's primarily women driven. They're like, we gotta rebrand it, we gotta rename it. But basically how we respond to positive versus negative, and we're we're just broken as machines. If you look as humans as machines, which of course I do, Jeff, because that's what I do. Yeah, Um, because you're the numbers part of this. I am the the numbers part. (laughs) we're just not actually built for receiving the same, if, if you feed the same information in a positive stream and a negative stream, right? So positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, we're not built to handle negative reinforcement and kind of the apocryphal kind of scientific one is like four to one. It's yeah. like really the strength of the positive needs to outweigh the strength of the negative by, you know, four times. And so that's really remarkable is that if you have two, com- if two people comment, one person says, this was the best thing ever, this made my day, this, this was amazing. And you have one person that says, eh, I didn't really like it. The unfortunate reality is the, the negative one is gonna land harder than the positive one. Even though if you did the math thing, put them in a spreadsheet and wrote them up, you'd be like, oh yeah, you're you're plus 0.1, right?
1: That's also how um, people view um, like work output is another example of that. I remember being introduced to the concept of one oh shit undoes a thousand attaboys, which Oof. was you can succeed, a thousand times but if you fuck up one time sometimes that's all your boss is gonna talk to you about or want to discuss they'll never talk about all the successes that you've done they're only going to talk about the negative aspect um it it is very funny too Uh, the more i the more we have sort of dilute not diluted on our physics the more we have shaped this show the nerd name i actually prefer more to shut up nerd because i think you and i are two very different styles of nerd um and it's sort of that oil and vinegar aspect that i said whereas i am um, people ask me a lot they're like oh you're a nerd can you fix my computer and i was like and i always say no i'm not a useful nerd i'm a fiction nerd we're the useless kind and that really is like when you get commentators and I've had this discussion with like friends of mine, like Koi Jandro, for example, another Boston nerd pundit with a boxing background. And he's, he's, uh, you know, he's done, he's hosted panels in hall H and stuff like that. And he's a good friend of mine. And I talked about, it. I said, this is legit like one of the only jobs that we can have as the kind of nerd we are. We can either write and create, or we can commentate which are are, are pretty much there. Whereas, you have a usefulness to your nerdiness your nerdiness pays your
0: bills doesn't it it does well i mean so does yours um but it it gets so arbitrary (laughs) not as much well but i mean that's that's the other thing is i went into computer science this is kind of funny when we talk about the the speed running video i'll kind of uh you know end that off but just the point is matt turk um not matt turk summoning salt gives highlights to people that were big in the community that may not be the number ones. And it's, it's yeah. very nice. It is like going through the ABA. And one of the people he goes over, to this guy named Cypher, who is just this guy that is obsessed with Mega Man 2. And I After feel so bad. After he got so bad, back into the Matrix. I feel so bad for, exactly. I feel so bad for the dude because he is this guy that will break the world record and get to enjoy it for a minute. Because okay. it's, it, it almost seems like as soon as he figures out the trick, the community finds it. And I think there's also probably some incentive, right? If you're the top dog, you know, maybe you don't want to go after the record if just somebody random has it with like an insanely good run. But when the top dog gets it, you're like, I want to compete. So it is just a rough thing where this this person, I think the, the thing was, is he's held the Mega Man 2 speedrunning record like five or six times and held it for like a combined total of six months. Despite the fact oh, wow. that at times this was one of the most, like, this isn't going to be broken records at various times in its history. And he is just this guy that is obsessed with Mega Man 2. And you kind of, we were talking a little. You watch this and you go, is that what you should be spending your time? And it, it is always a hard question for creatives and people doing what they love. The easy answer, by the way, to any of that, whenever anybody's like, well, should you be spending this much money? Should you be spending this much time? As long as it, not, it is not destructive is usually the, the, you know, the, the no. takeaway. If, you, if you're spending beyond your means, like if you're $20,000 in debt because of all the books and action figures behind you, that's a problem if you if you know if you're paying your bills and you want to spend some of your disposable income on an awesome skeletor bobblehead go for it right and the same thing if the cypher guy if this is what he's doing for fun and you know does that make sense goes for it i was that way with computer programming in high school it was completely arbitrary in high school i used to ditch other classes i got a d in high school in german because i would ditch that to go code that 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 space invaders thing i was talking about was extra credit. It wasn't required. I was doing that for fun. Mm-hmm. One of my fa- favorite uh, jokes that is uh, known in the family that's uh, laughed at is, in college, I got a C in human sexuality and health that was a required, you know, biology, whatever class to fill some credit, mm-hmm. because I would ditch that class to go cook, right? There's nothing
1: though. There's nothing funnier than to ditch a human sexuality uh... A human sexuality course to go b- play on your computer like that's such a that's such a stereotypical nerd thing. Yep. that that sounds like something that's you just told me a throwaway joke from Big Bang Theory. Exactly, where it's just like except the good joke. Not a, where not it's not just a, like, <laughs> well, Sheldon, don't you understand this? Why well, no? As a matter of fact, when there was sexuality class, I would actually go and code,
0: and everyone and then that laugh track would go over. But that's a thing you did. Yeah yeah and like i said it gets a good laugh you know self-deprecating fun exactly but i'll just say it's arbitrary right it was just something that i was passionate about and it just and and i think anybody that is successful at anything and this includes like in the entertainment field should be cognizant of that is that there was some combination of environment and your interest in something that got you to success it might have been because you worked really hard but a lot of it is just environment based so when we're talking like oh your nerd skill is useful it's like in 2000 when I was studying this, it looked like the bubble was going to burst. This was when the dot com bubble was bursting. People were fleeing the computer science field. It's arbitrary.
1: But I don't think anybody no, okay, but here's the thing is that <laughs> people might have been leaving, but there's no pretending that computers weren't going to be the future. Like computers were always known to be the wave of the future at this point in time like you know i get
0: very very, as as the, the nerd type i am i get very cautious about being like obvious after the fact
1: well yeah but not even because the word pro when the word processor was created and it and it destroyed the typewriter and they were like here's why and they were like and this is going to continue to happen i don't think anybody unless somebody was like trying to mine gold like during the dot-com phase, which is very true, I don't think anybody was thinking like, well, the internet's going to fail or or something like that. Like people knew, it's just that there was a time where one of the aspects of it was wrong. And, it, and so the dot-com boom became like a ghost town, if I'm using the gold mine out, uh, analogy the same way, um, where it's this town that used to do well uh, and then didn't. But that doesn't mean that
0: gold isn't a thing anymore, you know? Do you have anything else to add on Mega Man? Because um, I, I basically am considering we're kind of on the button of that. I think I would hidden all the points I well, had in the script. One of
1: the things that I think we should talk about, too, is uh, and, and one of the things that I'm interested in is the uh, the whatchamacallit, the, the villains and like the and like the characters, because we didn't really talk that much about like Dr. Light, for example,
0: um, who looks like Santa. The creator this, this- of Mega Man looks like Santa. When we're talking personalities, it's funny. I got to all this. I'm like, yeah, let's not talk this. I put the story in the script, by the way, too. Like, yeah, let's talk about the mechanics and this, not the story. But actually, so yeah, Dr. Light is based on Santa. Dr. Wiley is based on Dr. Einstein.
1: Which is weird because he looked like Einstein. And as a kid, I recognized that. But I'm like, why is this the bad guy?
0: You know, he in in real life, if you think about it, Einstein helped make the atomic bomb. And I'm going to shout out uh, Adam Todd Brown, one of your co-hosts on a lot of shows, uh, great sub stack subscribe to Adam Todd Brown Substack If you don't. Mm. And I, were you on the episode where he talked about has the United States always been fascist? I think yes. you might've. Yeah, that was, um, uh, that was uh, us and um, uh, Valerie Tossi. Awesome. So <laughs> don't have time to talk about all the great parts about that episode, but anyway, yeah. The, the point <laughs> being like the United States is like Albert Einstein. Was he really the villain? It's like he helped build one of the most destructive bombs in the history of, of the world, like, but the United States is the good guys. And Adam Todd Brown episode episodes, like, are we? See, this is another one of those
1: after the fact situations where it's like the atomic bomb. We look at it now and we're like, man, that was a huge fucking problem. But back then it was like, well, how do we fucking put an end to this war without losing more American lives? I understand. I need people to understand that I understand that there are political and fascist implications to the fact that you are building any kind of weapon to end a war i understand that that being said japan was fighting a war where they were like pretty much deciding they weren't going to give up and the bomb is what made them do it it's evil and ugly and awful and i recognize that but you also gotta know like it was a war and it was awful and bloody and violent. And we can arm, you know, we can Monday cor- Monday morning quarterback the nuclear proliferation as being such a horrible and awful thing. But at the time, they were just like,
0: we gotta put an end to this fucking war. I don't know why I did this in a Mega Man thing, but like I've I've well, never- as as Jeff is well known for you you will never do a history podcast. But talking about the character design, so that that's Doctor Light and Wiley. That makes sense, just more for the. The image thing and i, I would yeah. say from a story perspective oh, So yeah i guess it's japanese <laughs> like in <laughs> japan designed it oh so like yeah they're like yeah
1: this guy dropped a fucking bomb on us fuck this guy i okay yeah no no
0: hell yeah i rescind everything i said yeah he's a, a huge villain of them all right never got it and then um what I'll say is the, the story is kind of weak. And then the, of course the, it, did you have specifics on design you wanted to discuss on well, the I characters? Just, okay, so I just want
1: to discuss it because w- one of the things that we forgot to do is talk about sort of the, the, the visual and artistic building blocks of this game, which is you have Dr. Light and you have Dr. Wiley, two opposing doctors. Um, going up against each other. Dr. Wiley going to be a considerable nemesis uh, up until, I mean, including part four, where we also get Dr. Cossack, which is not a history podcast, but you can figure (laughs) that one out by Googling (laughs) that word. And so, but you get these designs that we get from the characters that the people suggested. And so we have Metal Man, Air Man, Bubble Man, who's water-based, Quick Man, who's, this thing is, he's fast, Uh, crash man who is essentially just a bomber uh his whole crash man's whole thing is just making shit explode uh flash man who actually stops time which is a very interesting probably the most interesting villain battle in my opinion is the guy that stops time to shoot the shit out of you um ironically he's one of the easiest if you just jump up and down and do that so that's kind of funny but yeah Yeah, but but at the same time like he's very interesting and also you can just shoot the metal blade right through him Yeah, metal blade Um, is
0: is broken in this yeah
1: that heat man and uh wood man and these and like you do have the rock paper scissor aspect of it as well and it gets in there and you have all these characters and then you have um in the wily castle you have more bosses including some very very incredible throwaway designs for example the mecha dragon which I think a lot, like, it's one of the most common screens of Mega Man 2 is
0: Mega Man on a block shooting at the Mecha Dragon. And that level is awesome and terrifying. So for most of Mega Man, it's a side-scroller. And you actually, in many levels, have a little bit of control. As in, with, like, ladders, you're allowed to backtrack. And with most levels, you can backtrack some. So some levels, you know, they lock you into a screen. You can only go back so far, but you're allowed to go forward and backward. First part of the game. This is the only time it happens. You go into the dragon stage. You're walking along. It's a normal looking stage. Suddenly, you're on rails. It's pushing you along. And if you're not fast, if you don't start moving, this dragon comes up behind you and kills you in one shot. And so you've got to jump really fast. This huge freaking dragon is following you. Yeah. And then you get to the end. And the the annoying nerd part is right. You can kill him easily if you jump to the top brick and use boomerangs and just spam. You're guaranteed to kill him, and you can't die because even if he hits you, you fall back. But it's an amazing concept, an amazing design, kind of very awesome, almost horror-y, because it comes out of horror E, Sorry, that sounded weird if I didn't say it that way. comes out of nowhere, an amazing design. Technically, sorry, Jeff, because I know, as we've discussed multiple times already, this is the thing you like. It's okay. It's a, tr- it's a trick, and this is actually awesome. The reason that screen moves and the reason that Dragon looks so big is you were only able to render villains so big on Nintendo. And so that's actually the background. And so the trick is, if you look at the dragon, the face animates, but the back, you know, the body does not. And that's because the body is actually the background, but it was incredibly creative of the design squad to go, how can we, you know, we can only have villains that are so big, only have enemies that are so big. How could we have one that takes up the whole screen? And that became commonplace. That happens multiple times in the Mega Man games. And they are very creative about it. Well, We see it again in the, cause we have um,
1: the, and I, and I did look up the names. Of all of the wily, there's walks. so
0: many, man. It's so hard there's, to remember.
1: Uh, Pico Pico coon which is the second uh, enemy, which is this like kind of, I don't know. It's like a block. It's like a system of blocks that. Smash oh yeah, like people. the blocks that try and crush you. Yep. Yeah, it's and it's weird, and but then you get the guts tank, which is a revisit of Guts Man, from Mega Man One, but as a tank. Now Guts Man is going to become one of those, sort of like the king hippo of the mega man world where like his design is so cool and he was basically like an ape um design and so we see the guts tank which is guts man but as a tank so we get to revisit that character then we have the most evil um vill- uh or sort of boss which is the boobeam trap which is uh, set up where you can only use the crash bomber, which costs
0: a lot. It, to is, the, use. it is the worst. That I, I hate that level. Can, level design.
1: You only have seven shots, and you have to get through. Uh, you have to get through those stupid things. And uh, one's and a decoy, so decoys, you can de- yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like a maze, a little bit that you have to do in there. Then you have the boss rematches, where you get to find out that Metal Man's main weakness is Metal Man uh his saw blades uh then you get sort of um what was it the the white like wiley floating around and then you have like wiley in his in his like little ship yeah and like a, a, a spaceship yeah what might be considered is this the worst final boss of an entire
0: is this the worst boss Wor- worst worst half.
1: uh a- the alien like the the alien aspect of, so of the So the, got,
0: the gotcha of the alien is that it's just a hologram. That Dr. W- Doctor Wiley's, you know, incepted you. You're in a room that's really virtual reality. You think you're fighting an alien. You're fighting a hologram when you actually, uh, what's um, Mysterio? But really, Mysterio would be more of the thing. Yeah. It actually happens in like the Spider-Man universe. It's like you're stuck in an illusion, break the illusion. And the illusion he's used as an alien does not make a lot of sense. And I kind of mentioned this similar to the Shadow Link. What bugged me is this was as far as I got as a kid. The mm-hmm. alien is annoying in that it is only weak to the bubble lead. <laughs> you fucker. There's <laughs> only work to weak to the bubble lead. You have to basically hug him to get it because the bubble will fall immediately. So you, yeah. and he, and the alien never touches the ground, but he does just go in a figure eight. So it's a very predictable pattern. And it's very frustrating to someone like me who is pattern driven. Like you come back to him as an adult and you go, kid me, he was just going in a figure eight. This was easy. But as a kid I never figured that out. He always just, you know, he's also a
1: two-hit killer. Um if he hits you twice you die. And if you hit him with anything other than the bubble lead, um you refill his entire uh you refill his his life force. And then it shows up he's like, "Nah, I'm kidding. I'm not an alien." It really does the everything after the the original um eight uh eight robots does seem a little bit and like maybe the mecha dragon thing but it does seem rushed.
0: Right? Oh 100%
1: like they're they're trying to get that out where you're sitting there and you're like this is the end? Really? Like it's like playing a very difficult game and then at the end it's just like a quick cut scene of like oh like the famously the ending of Alien 3 for uh the Sega Genesis. I remember like working my ass off finally getting there and they're just like the
0: end. And i'm just like yeah just it's really over do that <laughs> like, is That. that's really what i got out of this okay although i mean that's funny like in hindsight now after the fact so many video games from our era you're just like oh it wasn't about the story it was about the the gameplay or things were rushed so it's kind of normal but it is from a narrative perspective you're right where that does get very interesting and definitely the later boss fights the wily do seem tacked on to just elongate the length of the game that used to be a thing in in console games as they would go People aren't going to want to buy this if it only takes them 15 minutes. So we got to stretch it out, not realizing that that just makes a worse experience. One of the most notorious was Halo, where you just have to go all the way back through where you just came through and people people complain about it. So I would also like to add, too, because
1: I like to do I'm much more of the visual and artistic version of of, of interpretation of this game. The Mega Man Two American box art that we always talk about, it's you have um, Mega Man with a gun uh and then you have quick man getting out of the way and then it looks like crash man uh it is it is oh is crash man in that scene have i never noticed quick man is is avoiding the shot and crash man and like dr light for some reason is hiding behind crash man pointing at mega man it's supposed to be dr wiley and yet it's dr light um That is looking at him and it's weird right the japanese box art version is much more of just like a manga it's a manga cover it's just manga that's all it is it's a very manga style oh here here's uh rock man and then here are the characters that are going after behind him uh but one of the things that i found that is very interesting and i forgot to put it into the notes uh and and i'm really looking forward to is the european box art which looks insane. It looks like a weird high fantasy. If you, if you look up Mega Man, what 2, in the world is box this art? And then uh, there's, there also happens to be a um, German box art version as well, which shor- sort of seems like a weird schmatter- smattering of different things <laughs> into it. Like he's on the item two on the cover and dr wiley looks like Hihachi mishima behind this him. one's awesome i'm looking the, at the one you're
0: talking the about german
1: and then there's like just like the mecha dragon and then like the a small guts tank it's very clip art thrown together um but it is weird but the european version in my opinion is one of the coolest and weirdest looking things
0: i will give that to you that does look and it, it has the yeah the other ones realize the dragon the, the one last kind of weird throwaway kind of throughput of Mega Man that's very interesting is with how hodgepodge they are is there are a lot of interesting ideas and bosses that are like one-offs in these games, right? There'll be a really cool dynamic in a level. You're like, that was an awesome dynamic, like the raising, ri- rising water levels or something. Then it only shows up in one level in the game. You're like, you could have made a game around that dynamic. And Mega Man seems very much almost like sketch pads. Like I had an idea, I coded it up. It's it, there's not a game that can go into at the moment. We need to we need to fill Mega Man by five minutes throughout the Mega Man game, and so it's yeah. it's kind of I, a throughput for the game. I think the biggest
1: example of that might be Quick Man's um, instant light beam murders that they have, where you're going through the level and it's like and it goes and like you have to use real. I mean, you don't have to, but the flash freeze is like the only thing you can really use if you want to comfortably get through that part and then they
0: kind of justify that being why that's quick man's weakness so yeah and that makes sense too
1: because quick man you know yeah it's like it's like you know putting the flat freezing the flash in time like that must seem like an eternity uh and and the pain that
0: must come through that would be wild well, Jeff, unfortunately, I have to give us the 60-second warning if there's anything else you want to add on Mega Man, because I do have a hard stop today, and then I'll, I'll lead us to a couple of lead-out stuff. I mean,
1: we're good. I mean, Mega Man 2 is one of those games, it's not my favorite of the Mega Man franchise, but it, I do recognize that it is the most popular um, of the Mega Man franchise, and it did give us what would eventually become my favorites. So I'm, I, I'm very glad we got to do this.
0: I recognize it in hindsight as like, this is where the first ideas are introduced, so I can see the nostalgia working and then recognizing that it was done much better in future games. Mega Man sixes. If you're going to play one Mega Man game, just play six. Six is where they figured everything out. It's very good. I really like, I, I love four. Four is really good as well.
1: Yeah. Um, well, that being said, uh, this is, it does it for the November episode of Nerd. That's us. We're nerds.
0: Um, Trey, what do you got going on? All right. Well, the, the common plugs, I podcast at the Box Score Geek Show, and you can find that at boxscoregeeks.com and anywhere uh, podcasts are found. Occasionally do streaming, twitch.tv forward slash GT. Unfortunately, we have to take the night off. He is sick. Of course, do this, Jeff. It is really bloating my ego to hear you promote this on all of your other shows because you do like 20 in a month. Now, Jeff, though, I do actually want to end this episode off on a few things. do have to give a huge shout out Uh, to the great cover art that was done last and you know we can talk more but sidekick 42 did a ness homage and we were just talking box art cover so i i definitely enjoyed that didn't want to make it through the show without giving some direct homage to that and then also wanted to talk uh the future which is what we're going to do for december i had suggested doing the he-man christmas special you had suggested maybe doing uh, the Muppets Christmas special from 1987, not the Michael Caine one. No. I think that'd be fun, but I also think that's just good. I think that's the problem is I think that would kind of be a boring Muppet episode. We just,
1: Yeah, mu- the Muppet Christmas Carol,
0: I think, is too good of a Christmas Carol. It's just a good movie. Yeah, we just be like this. This was really you, you might be able to squeeze out some Batman jokes, but I mean, that's yeah. more of a you and Tom thing with <laughs> Michael Caine. But that, that's about all you got. Okay.
1: I the because oh yeah I forgot that you had suggested the He Man Christmas special which is perfectly fine it's a, it's great and I love it um, Muppet Family Christmas is my favorite Christmas special of all time uh, I watch it every year it's available for free on YouTube um, and, but then on top of that it's so weird because it's the synthesis of three different properties that were technically owned by different production companies um, even though Henson created all three of them because it's the mix of um Muppets Fraggles and Sesame Street all together um and it's just I just really like it so I I was I, I like the history behind it and why it hasn't been available for on DVD and shit like that so I did bring that so yeah we do have two different versions we could do of this
0: and I'm debating if I'll do a poll. We might. We'll, we, you'll see what future. The good news is we we record this ahead of time and it comes about about a month later. So yeah. you'll see what I've decided by then. So we might do a poll. We will probably do one of those two things. The outro that I do at the Dragon Ball Z movie, you'll hear that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got, Jeff
1: yeah all right well i mean for me of course if you're listening to this then i'm assuming that you uh listen to jeff has cool friends uh if and if you don't you should uh if you're listening to this for free head on over to patreon.com slash jeff may j-e-f-f-m-a-y for access to that plus ug fine my monthly show with kim crawl uh and i got lots of other stuff you know happening on there coming i try to get as much stuff as i can in there it's just tough because i'm also on Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, uh, so you can check that out, as well as Unpopular Opinion, and You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people who don't like sports. That's you, probably, if you're listening to a show called Nerd, um, but you'd really like, you don't even like sports. It's a great game. Uh, it's a great show, excuse me. Uh, and those are both available on the Unpops Network. If you want to see me live, don't forget to hit up Mint on Card the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in Bur- beautiful Burbank, California. Um, so that means our next show is going to be December 9th. If
0: you are listening, and so luckily this, this like should that. be released so that that, that actually is useful. Yeah. yeah, that's you see why I didn't say the, yeah, uh, the, the last one, show the, the one in the past shows yeah.
1: being released after that. I know what I got, I have dates <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> december 9th and take that and uh, of course if you want to follow me on social media i'm at hey there jeffro uh so you know do that hey when's and nerd coming um so we have recorded three episodes it's up to stefan Nilsson when we release it um he i believe he's going to be releasing it under his own um sort of tentpole experience so i don't know uh and i don't care <laughs> i mean i do care obviously but like whenever he wants to release it that's fine i think he wants to get a few episodes in the can and ready to go but we have three killer episodes already in the can and i'm very excited you, if you keep talking coming.
0: about them on your other podcasts and i'm just i'm like stupid episode one me was like don't bug creators about taking their time I for know. stuff and then you keep you if you didn't keep making effing nerd cooler sounding Every time you bring it up, I wouldn't be doing this, Jeff. The guests on that show, the guests that we're getting on that show are going to make you guys
1: shit. It's so I'm so excited about it.
0: Um, But uh, you should be listening to all of Jeff's other stuff that he just plugged so you can hear because you've 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 said it, you know, they're they're like Easter eggs at the end of outros, but you have said them. So,
1: yeah, I mean, so that being said, you got a kid to go get. So, yeah,
0: I do. So so let's finish this. Uh, Dre. Great. Let's I'm going to see in December. We're going to talk some seasonal shit. All right. Well, usually I think the way you end this out is just saying bye. And I say bye bye. Back. bye. bye. Next month on Nerd, we put Jeff's fate in your hands. Will the host discuss Jeff's favorite Christmas special done by one of the most creative people ever in the 1987 Muppets Christmas special? Or will we force Jeff to borrow the He-Man Christmas special from Eric Barnes and be tortured by bad 1980s animation? His fate is in your hands. See you next time.